Good morning, comment and kicking fans. Your boy Bando. Oh, today is the first ever episode of Monday After. I'm gonna start doing this every Monday after a pay per view called the Monday After, and just review what happened this past weekend. You know, was there anything interesting? Anything I see for the future for these fighters? You know, what happened this past weekend that we can talk about? There's a lot this past weekend we can talk about. Um, great coming event. Decent heavyweight main event. The card was pretty solid overall. You know, it wasn't the greatest card ever for, for having non-names on the card. Many, many debuts were being made on this card. Uh, it still makes it interesting. It still makes it interesting, and it still was fun to watch. Um, you know, there was a couple fights where some underdogs came out and did their did their thing. You know, it was nice to see. Really nice to see the underdogs come out and get the win. You know, um, it takes a while. It takes a while for some of these guys to get to the UFC and get to doing what they want to do and make statements. Um, for example, Victor Henry, 34 years old, just made his UFC debut as a plus 375 underdog and absolutely fought phenomenal all three rounds. And I'm actually shocked that that didn't get some type of the fight, some some type of fight of the night bonus. I thought Figueredo and, and Moreno was a good fight, but I don't know. Fight of the night with Victor Henny and Rione Barcelos was a fantastic fight. Fantastic fight, and it came off the prelims, you know. But like I said, it takes a long time for people to get to the UFC. Like Victor Henry, 34 years old, just made his debut, but he showed up. He made his debut and he showed up. He fought fantastic, and I can't take anything away from him. He looked great. I had him winning. Um, really just seemed like a lot of people are going with the underdogs lately. And, uh, yeah, he won. He looked fucking sharp. He looks like he uh, deserves to stay in there, deserves to stay in the UFC. And uh, hopefully we see him again soon. But going into the main card, we had Michael Morales. It was a very impressive victory as well. Um, four minutes and six seconds into the first round, you know, Michael Morales gets this beautiful knockout victory. I'm not going to say it's because Trevin Giles made mistakes, but a couple things he could have done different, I would say, you know, he shot for the takedown after rocking Michael Morales. And, uh, that's always a problem, man. Finish the fight. You got the man hurt. Finish the fight. Um, and he gave him time to recover. And giving enough time to, to these young cats. And Michael Morales is 22 years old. He's 22. And he gave him too much time to recover. He recovered quick. Came back with a knockout victory. Um, that's the welterweight division for anybody who doesn't know. Um, Trevin Giles is a, is a beast. And after proving himself on Saturday night, Michael Morales is too. So if you're a non-fight fan trying to get into the fights, trying to get into UFC, that's a welterweight matchup, 170, um, between two young prospects that, that have a lot of skill. Um, it seems like the most casual fans don't really, they'll skip over this fight. They'll skip over the next one. They don't know the names of these people, so they're skipping over them. I'm just trying to say don't skip over these fights. These are the bangers. These are the ones that come out and, and give you performance of the nights, fight of the nights, finish of the nights, knockout of the nights. You know, it's the ones you don't expect. And... That's kind of what we got there. I did not expect Michael Morales to get a knockout like that. After Trevin Giles started hitting his wrestling from rocking him, I thought it was going to be a boring fight. 
right? Four minutes, six seconds in, KO for Michael Morales. Then going on to who ended up getting the performance of the night, Saeed Nurmagomedov. And for those who don't know, he's not related to Khabib. Um, I don't think at all. No relation to Khabib at all. Um, but he went and fought Cody Stanton. Now, if you're watching Saeed Nurmagomedov, you know he's a very light on his feet, fast striker. He's quick, very light on his feet, and he's very skinny. He's a very skinny dude at that division. I think it's the 135-pound division, Phantom Weights. Um, very skinny, but very quick and light on his feet. He was snapping some spinning back kicks, um, quick hands, all within 47 seconds of the first round. Cody Stammen shoots, gets caught, and I think it was I think it was a guillotine choke, and it was deep. Oh boy, oh, it was deep, 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 bro. Like, and it was deep, quick. Cody Stammen tapped almost basically as soon as he got in it. It was, it was deep. Um, so Saeed Nurmagomedov got performance of the night, got a very quick win, and made me forty-five dollars richer. So Saeed, thank you, my friend. On to the a decent matchup. You know, another debut for a guy named Andre Fialo, uh, who looked honestly good for his debut against Michelle Perea. Interesting fight. You have Michelle Perea, who is completely, and I mean completely unorthodox when it comes to fighting. Fighting this Andre Fialo, who basically said, I don't use my legs. I don't use takedowns, no knees. I'm going to punch. And that's all he did the whole fight. And I think he could have won the fight if he had some switching up in his arsenal. Cat's got power. Um, a couple times where he almost knocked Michelle Padilla out, almost had a finish, but just couldn't get it. Was either too close to the end of the round or gassed himself out, whatever the case may be. But you can tell the cat packs some power. It can hit hard. Um, with that being said, the man needs to add more in his arsenal. You gotta have a switch up in there. You can't go in there shooting for a knockout every single time and expect it to happen. These guys, these guys are built different, man. Different chins. These guys are strong. Some dudes are evasive. Sometimes you can't land perfectly clean, you know. So you gotta have more of an arsenal set up. If your hands are your best, if your if your hands are your best point, you gotta use everything else to set up for the hands. Um, and if you don't, ninety percent of the time you're gonna get outworked. You're gonna lose in a decision because. You're not doing enough with the hands unless you're really, really, really putting the damage on people. Like, almost take Justin Gaethje, for example. Justin Gaethje's hands are nasty. And he hits hard for a 155er. But what does he have in between that? Them fucking leg kicks. Them leg kicks are a neutralizer. They change the game. They open up for him to land his big heavy shots. Because he got a guy focused on that calf kick. Got a guy focused on, damn, this man just kicked my leg out from under me. 45 times, it's killing me. I don't want him to kick it again. Guy goes, or Justin faints a little bit with a leg kick. Guy goes to check, it's caught with an overhand right. Night, night. You know, that's you need to have other shit in the arsenal. And I think if Andre Fialo adds a little bit more in the arsenal, you can have a pretty talented dude in that welterweight division. On to the co-main. The co-main, I was a bit disappointed in, but... I gotta watch it back. I definitely gotta watch it back. Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. Davison Figueredo came out with a win and a unanimous decision. Um, if I was the judge, I would say the reason he got the unanimous unanimous decision was the knockdowns and the two takedowns. Um, 
Do I personally think Brandon Moreno won a fight? Yes, but like I said, I got to watch it back. I thought Brandon Moreno, well, he did. It's not thought. He did land more significant strikes in a fight. Um, I thought he recovered very, very well on a few times he got knocked down. Um, there was barely any ground control from Davison Figueredo. Uh, Brandon himself had a takedown. Um, it was a very close fight, and I think 10 times these guys fight, it's going to be 10 exciting fights. Um, I think there's no way around it. It's always going to be exciting. And um, although I'm disappointed in the outcome, I wanted Brandon Moreno to get the finish. That's why I'm saying I got to watch it again. I could have been a little Brandon Moreno biased, but um, I wanted Brandon, Brandon to get the finish, and he, and he didn't get it. He couldn't get the finish. Uh, he had a couple times where he rocked Davison. There's a couple times where Davison rocked Brandon. You know, it's back and forth matchups when you're 125 pounds. You know, it's very rare to see people get knocked spark out. Um, but like I said, if these guys fight 10 times. It's going to be 10 exciting fights. And it could bounce back and forth every single time. 100% hope to see a fourth match between these two. To be honest with you, there's not much else going in that division right now. So might as well. You have um, Askarov versus Kaikara France in March in Columbus. So, there you'll end up getting a number one contender, you know. But I say, like, this summer you could run this fight back and make it happen again. Um, but like I said, I, I can see it going back and forth. They fought ten times. They can go back and forth with ten exciting fights. But Davidson Figueroa was the one who officially got the win, came out with the decision, and that got fight of the night. I wouldn't say it was my fight of the night. I, I would definitely go with that premium I was talking about before. Um, but it was it was a good fight. It was an exciting fight. You're watching one, two one twenty fivers, and then all of a sudden you skip to this main event with guys who are literally two hundred pounds heavier, two hundred fifteen pounds heavier. Actually, no, probably two hundred forty pounds heavier, two hundred twenty pounds heavier. Insane. Oh, why am I? Did I just say two hundred pounds heavier? Oh my gosh, a hundred pounds heavier, one hundred twenty pounds heavier. They're in their 200s. Cyril Gaon came in at like 240. I think Francis came in at like the, almost at the max at 260-something. Um, so, yeah, it was funny going from 125 to 2-something. But that that fight, that fight was interesting. Heavyweight fight that went to decision and no one expected to go to decision. Um, there was pretty much two predictions in this fight for a lot of people. Francis and Gano by KO early. Cyril gone by TKO late. Neither of those came. Francis couldn't land any clean shots early. Cyril easily was taking the first two rounds, point fighting, you know, keeping Francis at bay, not allowing Francis to land any big shots. Francis was gassing out a little bit on the striking side. If he decided to fight that whole fight standing up with Cyril gone, he would have lost just on a boring decision alone. Um, but his corner and him made the proper adjustments, and I got to give props to him. I got to give props to his corner. And that might even be my performance of the night goes to Francis Ngano because of the adjustments made it. The beautiful takedowns, I think it was in the third round, he ended up getting that uh, slam from the kick that he caught. It was just beautiful. You know, when you come in and, and you come in as a guy with hands, and this kind of brings me back to the Andre Fialo, you can't. Trust your hands all the time. You have to have more more in the arsenal. And Francis trusted the hands in the first round. Trusted him in the second. Said, fuck it, they're not working in the third. 
got a takedown, saw that he's powerful enough to control the takedown. That man is strong. You know, if you give him some severe wrestling skill, there could be a problem for anybody in that division. Same with fighters that are going to go against Cyril Gaon. I don't think there's a fighter that can stand in that division with Cyril Gaon. And besides that, he didn't look like a, a, a shark out of water when, when it came to being on his back. You know, you see a lot of strikers in the past get put on their back and they, they look stupid. Literally look stupid. Just don't know what they're doing. Cyril didn't look like that. Cyril looked good. Looked like he knew what he was doing. Went for a couple submissions. Both of them fought a fantastic fight. I give props to both of them. Francis came out with the decision win. Respectfully, I think that was a well-deserved with the ground control and everything. Um, Cyril had a couple ground moments too, but with the ground control of a champion doing what he did, definitely got to give it to Francis. But Francis wins. And something crazy happens. Dana White missing. What the fuck? Mick Maynard had to put the belt on Francis Ngannou. Very rare to see that your president isn't there to not put the belt on his champion. Not surprised, though. Dana always has beef with people. I kind of see a Tyron Woodley thing with Francis Ngannou going right now. But... um. Overall, kind of grimy, and then doesn't show up to the post-fight press conference. You know, you're the president of the UFC. It's it's literally your duty to put the belt on the fighter, and it's your duty to show up to the post-fight presser, regardless of, of, of how you feel about the fighter. Now, granted, if there was some sort of emergency, that is what it is. You got to take care of your shit. But if this was an egotistical play by Dana White, Pure bitch shit. Pure bitch shit. Can't do that to your champion, bro. Cannot do that to your champion. And then not showing up to the post-fight. There's a lot that people wanted to ask you, man. You had two close fights. A close co-main event and a close main event. And then you had debuts out the ass on this card. People wanted to ask you questions and you didn't even show up. Some 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 ignorant stuff, man. And, and you know, people aren't surprised. It's Dana White. We've seen him do these kinds of things before, but whatever your beef is with the fighter, the fact that he's leaving, the fact that he complained about money, whatever the case may be, you knew this prior going into this. You knew going into the fight that he was leaving the UFC. You knew going into the fight that he didn't like his pay. So seeing him win, it's kind of, I said it on uh, Instagram Live yesterday, it's for my WWE fans, it's CM Punk taking the belt at Money in the Bank in Chicago from, from Vince McMahon. The ego, everything got snatched from him. His soul was taken. You know, granted, WWE is scripted. They played the part as if Vince McMahon's soul was taken at the fact that CM Punk is leaving the WWE and he's leaving with the belt. Francis Ngannou, if he does decide to leave the UFC, he's leaving the UFC and he's leaving the UFC on top of the belt. And I think that bugged Dana. You know, overall... That's some real, real grimy stuff. And obviously we can always, I could sit here for an hour and talk about Dana White and all his, I could talk about good things about Dana. I could talk about bad things about Dana, you know, but the number one thing that gets played around Dana's name is fighter pay. And it's one of the people's biggest complaints. And it is why he is, I would say 90% chance losing Francis Ngannou, but I can see Francis also staying 
to fight John Jones just to fight him and prove a point or something like that. You know that's a big money fight regardless. Um, so who knows? Let's see what happens. Let's see if Dana can put his ego aside and, and talk to Francis and say, you know, you fought a hell of a fight. I was impressed. You know, I want to see more of you. I don't want you going to boxing. Look, if Francis goes boxing, bro, he's getting wrecked. Let's be real. It's, it's, not a, it's not even an argument. It's no debate for it. He's getting smoked. And he wants to fight Tyson Fury? Game over. It's a wrap. It's not, it's not, his, it's not his place to be. But with the skill set that he showed this past weekend, the UFC is the place for him to be. So I hope he does resign. I hope we get to see more of the Predator. Um, and hopefully Dana could put his ego aside and do it the proper way next time. But that's it for the Monday after, the morning after. You know, we got a lot to discuss because there's so much going on. Uh, I was talking about it in the Instagram live that we have fights every weekend all the way until the middle of March. Um, and that's fucking awesome. So you're going to be hearing me every week ramble on about some bullshit. You're going to hear me on Monday mornings after pay-per-views ramble on about some bullshit. And I'm doing this very early in my household, so I may sound a little quiet, but we're going to make shit happen. We're going to get the content out. We're going to make things happen. We're going to make it work. So thank you for listening to Combat and Kick It in the first ever episode of the Monday After. Again, it's your boy Bando. Thanks for joining me, and I'll talk to you later. Peace.